Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Spilling the Gene Tea Podcast. You're here with Bolo. I'm Dr. Tom. Now we're here to give you the opinion you never really asked for. We're giving it anyway. That's right. Now, Bolo here is a performer. Mm, Dr. Tom's a psychiatrist. Mm. And we're here to give you our professional, professional. professional review on RuPaul's, RuPaul's Drag, Drag Race All Stars. So let's raise a glass and start spilling. Clink. Everyone, welcome back to the live podcast. We watch it live first time through and we release it out into the world so that you know how to feel, you know what to think. Um, That's what we're here for, yeah. you know, d- dictators of the mind. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are. <laughs> no. Um, so, yes, everyone, you may have noticed we are a little bit late with we releasing are. the podcast. We just didn't feel like we wanted to do it. We were just a bit lazy this week. Yeah. Sue no, me. We, we, uh, Sue me. Sue me. Sue us. We had a little trip to London and there was, it was quite like interesting coincidence I think because we know that this is a rusical episode and we saw a musical which one did we see? We went and saw one of my favourites yeah. Book of Mormon Fantastic Yes Provocative uh, Hilarious And just a true documentary of the reality Yes The reality of what Mormon lives through goes through and experiences A very serious documentary <laughs> um, Fly on the Wall documentary It is one Yes. My, it's one of my favourite musicals. I can watch it over and over again. I think this was like my fourth or fifth time well, watching The Book of Mormon. My second time seeing it with you. And it still felt fresh and hilarious. And there were lots of bits that I'd forgotten from first time around. In the West End, music is just so clever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's so good. And we also saw the legendary Miss Grace Jones. How funny. And now, now she is the... Uh, runway theme of the episode. The runway theme this week, and not is, a moment too soon, I might add. Um, and the night of a thousand Grace Jones. How how, how hilarious! How coinc- How coincidental, but believable <laughs> yes. that Grace Jones, as the we you know, we went and saw the uh, a concert of hers in Surrey. She was charismatic. She was magnetic. She is a, a woman in her seventies who's still a fantastic stage performer. Um, oh, she was truly captivating. You know, the best thing about the concert, about seeing Grace Jones, is just her um, little improv, little speaking yes. moments in between songs. Yes. So we we saw her at the Hampton Palace Courts. Hampton Court, yeah. Hampton Court Palace. Yeah. And, you know, in between songs, as she's doing costume changes, she leaves her mic on. It's a live mic. Mm-hmm. And she's just, you know, just talking about what's going through her mind. And she was yeah. like... Talking about how oh how many how many heads have been yeah. chopped here how, sure. how many ghosts so <laughs> how many ghosts have been beheaded here yeah. in this court in her inimitable um, drawl you know that that sultry voice of hers she was amazing how how many how many how many heads have rolled here yes. and she was like it's kind of spooky isn't it <laughs> and then she was talking about was she talking about um hitting people like yeah just, yeah yeah, yeah. she was them. talking about how um, <laughs> i think she was saying as long as it's consensual you know as long as it's a bit of sparring a bit of boxing she likes to hit people it was it was a great time like, we had a great weekend away so we had good. to stay off social media to avoid any spoilers and mm-hmm. we did so successfully so. we did I posted a couple of things but i had them pre-prepared so i just hopped on and off social media and mm. thankfully we've not been spoiled but um yeah apologies for the late podcast um hopefully you can forgive us um 
And we had we had a really fab weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we feel we feel energized and ready to review the episode. It was a great time, a great time in London. I see my friend um, is just doing a little bit of travel, so yes. we decided to go meet William in in London. Wonderful. We to saw see some him. shows. Mm-hmm. We drank a lot. We had a couple of drinks. And she's girl. Everyone. So William's one of my fancy friends. Yeah, <laughs> she's one of my fancy friends. <laughs> and so it wasn't prosecco we were consuming this weekend. It was to the detriment of our bank balance, champagne. Well, we did get, we did transport champagne down with us, which we got on offer using our Tesco Club card. <laughs> so, it was, which is how the real people should be living. Okay, yes. <laughs> how do you afford champagne with Tesco Club card points and vouchers? We thought, you know, we'll, we'll have a special weekend, but it was really, really fun. But on to the episode. All right. Okay. We're back in the room. Quick reminder Mm -hmm. to ourselves and to you. Heidi self-eliminated. She did. It was was, was a really sad tones of the episode last week. Um, You know, we, we... we spoke extensively about it last episode. Really, we probably don't need to trawl over no yeah, that right. ground again. Only that you know, it left us with a sense of sadness. Um, it did become a so RuPaul didn't obviously know. I can't even articulate it. The lipsticks had no effect essentially last episode. Yeah, because because um, Kahana and Jessica were in the bottom and either went home. So we were glad to see that you know after Heidi sadly leaving the competition, at least nobody else uh, was sent home. Um, so the girls are back in the room, aren't they? And there's yep. a somewhat somber tone. Tom, who was lying, Heidi or Candy? In your opinion, in I think opinion. it's one of those. It's one of those like like India Ferrer and Alexis Mateo. I think a conversation happened to the effect of um, Candy saying Jimbo's fierce competition. What would happen if she were in the bottom? Something like that. And I think there's truth on both sides. I think Heidi felt. Like it was a um, conversation about getting rid of Jimbo. I think Candy acknowledges that that was the, you know, there was an element of that discussion that's not her intent. And it was just kind of like, we'll never know the truth because we weren't there. And I think there were just different interpretations on both sides. My, my, you know, spider senses tell me Mm. that I think. Heidi was telling the truth, and the only reason why I think that is because during that whole debacle, mm. Candy says, and I quote, you know, you know, verbatim. Go on, go on. Um, she says, "Well, even if that is the case, even if I did say that, even if there was the case, where's the loyalty?" Okay, so you feel like that's a mini admission, and yeah. So yeah. for me, her saying that is saying, okay, yeah, you know what? Let's just disregard that. Mm. If I did say that or not, why aren't you being loyal? And I think her saying that for me made me think maybe Candy is the guilty party here. Mm. Maybe she's the guilty person here. You know, we'll never know. Or you know, we will find out in the reunion, I guess. Obviously, Heidi felt very strongly about it, and Heidi really struggled with this idea that she's, especially with her being a miscongeniality, that she's being, and you know, seemingly she's a really sweet person. I think she really struggled with being painted as some sort of villain or liar in this piece. And as a really, but we know that Heidi had been kind of circling the drain for a few weeks. She'd been really, this is the straw that broke the camel's back, really. I had, I was sad to see the hate that was directed towards, we anticipated it would happen. The hate towards Candy and Alexis and like, like Alexis wasn't even really part of it. 
Like, if I felt, I mean, I know I'm an Alexis Michelle stan, but I really felt for Alexis because, like, I felt like she was being dragged into a conversation that really wasn't about her and being made to choose. Sorry, guys, we've got a really noisy cat. He's missed us a little bit. Um, Poor I Lavender. Do, I do want to say something about that anyway. Um, oh, gosh, your, your son is just <laughs> He's here. harassing me. Lily, He's harassing me. Lily's independently taking a little walk. She's she's acknowledged just enough. She's gone, Lavender, it, it's just glad that we're here again, aren't you, boy? Hey. Hey, fatty boy. Stop. What were you saying? So, <laughs> go on. Sorry. Can we just... Um, can we focus idea. again? Can we just focus, please? Yeah. Um, I forgot my train of thought. I'm sorry. Um, no, we were just talking about the whole situation uh, with Heidi and... Candy. Candy. And Candy Muse. Yeah. Oh, just that I was sad that, that all that hate was directed towards sort of... Kahana, Candy, um, what? Hey, I do Alexis, want to say I saw I saw a Instagram live with Alexis and Jimbo, and Alexis said, "Oh God, everything is just everything's wild. going wrong, guys. I'm everything sorry. is just going. Everyone is attacking me. If okay, say, if you say Alexis Michelle or Alexis Mateo enough, Alexa, Alexa, please stop. Alexa, stop. Okay." Um, we need a code word. We need a code word for Michelle. We'll call her Michelle. Lady Michelle. Michelle. Oh. Lady Michelle. Queen, Michelle, queen I, of New I York saw life. an Instagram live with Michelle and Jimbo, and mm-hmm. Michelle was saying that um, it was true. She did hear Candy say that, but she got scared when Candy um, spoke up. She said she was scared of Candy. And there are two things there. A, you should have stuck by your guns because you just kind of threw Heidi under the bus there in that case. But B, when you say that you were scared by a black drag queen, um, you kind of invite a lot of um, dialogue, a lot of hate towards said drag queen. I, obviously, I see what you mean there. Yeah. I see what you mean. She said, and oh, I, I was think... scared of candy. And I was like, girl, come on. <laughs> I, yeah, we don't want to play into negative stereotypes of people of colour and, yeah, words like we've heard used before, like aggressive and that kind of thing, just don't don't fly and shouldn't shouldn't be used because they're a, f- a negative stereotype in a form of microaggression, really, aren't they? But I, I don't know. I doubt that was Alexis's intent there. I know. Moving mm. on, while we're talking about Jumbo... Jimbo, we had a discussion, I think last week or the week before, maybe it was last week, where I said, I think Jimbo surely should be getting quite upset about uh-huh. not winning lip syncs, and, and you disagreed with me, and it has come to pass that I was correct. The prophecy is true. Uh, Jimbo comes, and that, that's a lot of emotions for winning. Let's be honest. But it, she's breaking down about how embarrassed she feels as a performer failing, not just as a performer, but failing in front of RuPaul, which, you know, obviously we know Jimbo really looks up to RuPaul. And I think she really seeks validation it, from Ru. She, she's, you know, Jimbo often says, and she, the laughter makes me stronger kind of thing. And she lives for that applause. And it feels like Ru is the, the ultimate... Um, source of validation in that respect i think what i got from it i think it was so unusual to see jimbo being raw and real um it was very very interesting it felt like there were genuine tears there and they felt like tears of frustration to me um rather than sadness they were almost like anger and frustration and she said that she felt embarrassed it really kind of reminded me that i think she's quite the perfectionist 
She's a real striver. She takes, even though she's got this goofy clown persona, she takes her craft incredibly seriously. Just her craft happens to be being a goofball. So I think we can forget sometimes just how striving and perfectionistic she is. Yeah, and I think we also forget that behind the laughter of a clown or of someone funny, mm. there is there's a layer that you know there's a layer beneath the laughter that is very serious. Yeah, you know I think it, like you said, you think I oh, know that you know Jimbo just a goofball. She's not really feeling the losses. Mm. But for me as a performer, you can have whatever whatever character you have as as fine. But when it comes to failing over and over again in the performance realm and performance arena, it is going to hit you in some way. Does it mm. matter if that's not your thing? If it's but if you keep getting rejected. In yeah. some sort of performance space, regardless of that's not you, you know your bread and butter in that in that specific performance arena, it is going to affect you. And I think we are starting to see um, you know, a breakdown because I thought she's lost, she's lost the lip sync in every continent and every planet in the solar and, system. And, and, and mm. She and in front of every judge. And you know you know what <laughs> Michelle Visage has witnessed every failure. She was there when she sent home Jimbo yes. and Canada. Yes. She was there when she um she was there in the UK versus yes. the world when she was you know when she was also sent home and failed in the lip syncs mm. there. She was also now just sent home in America. I mean, she is, she is just feeling... She it's is. the curse of Michelle Visage. She's, you know, she, she's going through it, isn't we, she? We know what the solution is here. Boot Michelle off the panel. No. And um, then, then Jim and, will have success. And she will succeed. <laughs> she, will. she will. She will soar. Michelle has cast some sort of hex that blocks her lip sync. I think the other thing I'm thinking with Jimbo is like she might be thinking like, I'm winning all these challenges, but how how am I going to win the crown if I can't win a lip sync? I think think that's another layer on top of her being so frustrated. She's like, I'm winning, but am I really winning? Jimbo is laser focused on, you know, she's giving me Alaska and All Stars 2 vibes. She, She very strongly desires this crown. We know that this week is Rusicals, and I mean, this week's a Rusical. We saw a musical. Mm-hmm. The fashion this week is Grace Jones. We just saw Grace no, Jones. We just saw Grace Jones. I, I just think that we are living the truth. We, we, we are. We are living in some Drag sort, Race reality. Some, in some sort of way. cosmic alignment, isn't there? there mm. we, it's just. I just remembered Grace hula hooping all the way through Slaves of the Rhythm. Oh my gosh! What what an amazing woman! Not only this, not only everyone, not only the Grace Jones hula hoop throughout all of A Slaves of the Rhythm, her final song. She also she also (laughs) during that number introduced her band. Yeah, one of whom was a son. One of one of who was a son. Was his name Paolo? I don't know. I'm sure he was. All while still hula hooping. And then she walks off and says goodbye while Mm -hmm. hula hooping. And I'm just sitting there going, there there is some witchcraft going on here. She's just magical, isn't she? We were talking with someone, weren't we? We were Mm. talking with someone um, as we're leaving about that and saying how uh, there has to be some kind of magnetic... You know, Mm-mm. treachery, cheating going on. She's been doing it for years. It's, it's her party piece. It was it's ri- her signature. It's ri- ridiculous. 70 plus years old, mm-hmm. hula hooping, while singing, while belting, while talking, yep. while conversating, walking off. 
I mean, that was that was a moment. That was a moment. She's fantastic. Absolutely. Now, Rusicals this week. Let's just go through quickly Rusicals of history in, in terms of what is what are our queens' you know, experience with Rusicals. Yeah. Now, yeah. there are some queens who don't have that experience because they were early outs. And mm-hmm. I think that those would be Lallery. Yeah, Lallery did not do the the um, social media the Rosa call, which is season thirteen one. Uh, James Mansfield didn't also no because she was she was first out, wasn't she? Be it Kana Matrice, she she nope. also never did one. She just did design and acting. Yeah, and there was no. Uh, musical in season two for Jessica Wilde. No, she did. I mean, the the closest thing that she did was Rocker Chicks. That's not a musical. It's yeah. not a musical. Yeah, it's not a musical. Yeah, but that's the closest thing. But I'm just thinking of like you know transferable skills. Now everyone else who you know, which isn't much. There's only three left. <laughs> the only three who have an experience with musicals is Jumbo Willick, A Michelle, <laughs> because of look, she, she's she's listening. Only- you know, perked her little electronic ears up today. She doesn't often do it. And Candy Muse. Now, Candy Muse and the Jumbo don't have a really, you know, their experience with the Rusicals aren't the best. Traumatizing, Jumbo, if anything. Jumbo went home on the Rusical in her original season in Canada. So Jimbo was high and winning in every episode until that Rusical, which is yeah. the third episode. And yep, she was in the bottom and Pangina sent her home. And then Candy Muse was also in the bottom for social media. Yes. A musical. Yes. If you want to find a phone, <laughs> take your thing, my phone. You want to be hired, want to be divided. I think you're in the wrong option. your name, Viv. Want to be hired, want to be divided. Yeah. Who didn't mean, Viv? Fifth, I mean, it was she was at the bottom that week with Simone, and she was actually, yeah, in yeah, my yeah. opinion, that lip sync it was uh, Simone versus Candy. Candy won. I can Candy. picture them in their yellow outfits, Candy in her lemonade inspired look, but I can't remember the lip sync song. It was, it was a double save. Well, actually, Candy was sent home and invited back, it wasn't like a 100% Shantae, you both stay. It was Simone, Shantae, you stay. Candy, I want to see more. Like with Bendel Cram almost. Yeah, psych, come back here and yeah, yeah, watch it back. Yeah. And then we have um, Alexis Michelle, who won. Does she win? No, no, no. She no. was. She. she that was the, the one of the most infamous episodes of season nine and one of the most divine moments for Miss Michelle. Because. Um, it was Kardashian the Ruse call. Um, Alexis was up there with one of the best performances of the night as Chris um, Jenner. Um, Mamager. Mamager. And she was fantastic. She was on the whole time. Um, you know, she was just completely in character. But Shea Coulee had one of those um, show stealing roles, which she performed flawlessly as Black China. Which should have gone to Nina Benina Brown. Yep. Um, and, you know, Shea will never be forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a bit like Silky's Oprah role in um, in uh, Trump through a call. It was just like it's a showstopper moment, and you know Shay very rightly won. But it came down to the whole when Alexis 
gathered the girls because it was came down to the runway in the end. Girl, I mean, her confidence is amazing. She held a PTA meeting in yep. Untucked. Yeah. She held a board meeting <laughs> in Untucked. She gathered, she literally gathered the girls. Many times I have helped all of you girls and you let me walk out on the runway looking like this. <laughs> you know, um, the judges she called has, her outfit basic. She has charisma, uniqueness, tons of nerve she's got n- nerve and the talent at, at the, you know out the wazoo she is she is amazing she's amazing she but is amazing that was one of, yeah, such a great moment of tv that though it was yeah. it was so besides alexis michelle everyone here either didn't do well or they have no experience with the musicals which means this week for me is going to be quite interesting there's a few wild cards in here and a couple of girls who are really looking for a redemption but i feel like the pressure's on alexis to continue that um that's that that's uphold her reputation as a theater queen yeah basically exactly i mean she's got that song clat yeah club we, legend art theater how have we gone all season without mentioning clat yet by the way new Everyone, york new york new york new york club legend art theater it's, it's i think theater 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 broadway <laughs> uh so we have been told that it is Joan the Rusical, mm. Joan Crawford. Yes. Now, what do you know about Joan Crawford? I mean, I'm no expert on Joan Crawford, but she's one of those Hollywood legends, isn't she? Um, one of those luminaries of the stage and screen, probably known as much for her life off stage as on stage. Oscar winner, I think Mildred Pierce could be wrong there. Uh, my favourite role of hers is in Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, and that's probably her piece of work that I'm most familiar with. Well, yeah, ah. I mean, that was Betty Davis, but yeah. Well, to Joan. Yeah. Yeah, this, well, yeah this. ah, Blanche. Yeah, ah. Um, they're amazing. They're legendary Do rivals. I. <laughs> Do I. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's been done twice in the Snatch Game, Rival and Siaga, and. Um, Alyssa. Alyssa, Alyssa, and then Alyssa failed to portray her in the um, the 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 sheet calls challenge. Um, yeah, what happens to I guess like Mommy Dearest is such a source of inspiration and humor to Rue that it feels like her legacy is intertwined with Drag Race because Rue quotes Mommy Dearest on the daily. Have you seen Mommy Dearest? No, I have once. Um, because it was so strongly recommended by RuPaul. Very, very interesting thing. So from what I'm aware of, um, Joan's adoptive... She adopted four children, I think. And one of her children, Christina, released a tell-all biography after Joan died. And um, she described her experience. Um, and, you know, the, the she portrayed joan as uh, abusive basically very controlling very narcissistic very abusive um obviously joan wasn't around to reply to that um and i'm not here to invalidate christina's experiences but there have been many people who are close to joan and christina who've disputed certain elements of it i do know that were her kids one of them yeah two of her children so um, they disputed it they've come forward and also disputed it yeah but the, mm. you know just because two children were treated well doesn't mean another was was also treated well um and also obviously the people the, there's the book but there's the high camp spectacle of the movie in which faye dunaway portrays joan um 
there are certain elements of the movie that aren't, aren't they're, they're, they're fiction. They're not even derived from Christina's book, like the wire hanger scene. Christina said that Joan never attacked her with a wire hanger. Um, and also Faye Dunaway, um, because it was, it was so critically panned at the time, Faye Dunaway won't talk about it. She won't talk about the performance. If it's brought up in an interview, she walks out. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interviewers are forbidden from talking to Faye Dunaway about Mommy Dearest. Legacy. Remember mm. my name. I love that. When I think about Joan Crawford, mm. I, you know, straight away I go to the whole, um, you wouldn't be treating me like this if I wasn't in a wheelchair. Well, yeah, Blanche, yeah. <laughs> Dark comedy. That's, that's what I remember. I also yeah. think about her um, relationship slash rivalry with Betty Davis. Yes, yes. Um, and how both of them were top divas. Yeah. That they fought on, they fought a lot um, during production. They were very, mm-hmm. very heady towards each other, yeah. which I think is just high camp glamour at its finest. There's a reason why they are gay icons. It's because of that sass. Absolutely. There's- Interestingly, Betty Davis, even though you know she and Joan hated each other, in interviews she always complimented Joan's professionalism. She said, "I mean, Joan was known for her ambition, but also her professionalism." and professionalism professionalism <laughs> um no betty always said she turned up on time she never kept anybody waiting um she knew her lines she was a total professional she actually said the opposite about faye dunaway betty davis she said that she would never ever work with faye dunaway again mm. now as they were delegating up the room the roles mm-hmm. here between the queens we did have a lovely audition moment between candy muse i love an audition moment and jessica wilde mm. and they were both wanted the no more wire hangers um scene um number smart girls going after that one i think um, definitely oh absolutely I- yeah 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 definitely um the audition was that, that was an audition. It was an audition. It happened. Yeah. yeah. It happened. We saw it and they chose someone who they, in their words, say was better. <laughs> I don't know who I would have chosen in that audition. I'll be very honest. <laughs> Kenny Muse is always going to have this issue. It's just because of her her diction or lack of and her, her um the way that she talks. For yeah. theatre especially for theatre and for most singing, but specifically music theatre singing, Mm. Candy Muse will always suffer because her sound is too rounded. Her sound is too soft. And Mm. when we think about, you know, music theatre and, you know, we just saw Book of Mormon and you can tell me if you heard this or not. Mm -hmm. I have said it many times before. The sound needs to be very forward in in the in the mouth mm. to the point where it's borderline nasal. Mm, mm-hmm. I get what you mean. There's yeah. that musical theatre sound, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. So that that's where the the sound needs to be very very far in front of your mouth, almost nasal, because mm. that sound carries and it holds notes more clearer than if you were to talk behind and carry the sound in the back of your throat. Yeah. So you can I don't know if you can hear the difference with the sound being really back in my throat and then the sound being really, really in front of you. That that's the difference, and that is the kind of encouraged method or technique of singing music theatre. Yeah. And so Candy Muse will always suffer when it comes to singing in a music theatre kind of way. Because it sounds to me like you're talking less about her diction, because obviously we know she's got a list, which is incredibly endearing, and it's her signature, and we love, you know, it's just part of Candy Muse. Um, and that's something she can't help as well, you know. 
but it sounds like to me you're talking more just correct me if i'm wrong more about like her timbre and like where she carries her voice yeah. rather than the lisp yeah am i right it's just yeah. the way that she talks is mm-hmm. going to be difficult she, yeah. she speaks because, really low and back in the throat doesn't yeah. she and yeah. it's like to do a lisp because this a lisp can be a a a vocal choice to someone playing a role mm-hmm. you can play a role and sing with the sound in the front. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, a lot of people who would play certain gay roles, yes. like Alda McKinley, would yeah. sometimes add a lift. How much they did we love McKinley, by why? the way? Um, what what, oh, what standout role? They would add a lift. It's nothing to do with the lisp. It's just the way that she carries her sound. Mm-hmm. And obviously, when you've been speaking a certain way, and you've learned to speak a certain way for many, many years, that habit's going to be very hard to break. Mm. Um, so... That's just for me, Candy Muse. I'm really disappointed that Alexis Michelle, um, who I think is going to slay this week. Oh, there's just no doubt in my mind. I know there's a lot of pressure on her, but I just have no doubt. I wish she went for a more singy character role and not a patter. She yeah. she has chosen the patter, and the patter is a very. Um, Hamilton is full of them, the musical. Yeah, there yeah, it's known yeah. for it, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I wonder what she brings to it because I know that she's going to do well, but I really wanted to hear Alexis really get into some kind of singing. Singing bell. Yeah, yeah. so singing belting. Um, she's cracking me up with those trills, by the way. That serious look on her face when she's doing her, her direct camera and she was like doing her little trills. Whatever she was saying. It's very high school musical. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's their the brother and sister, all best friends, whatever it was. Um, <laughs> so we've got Candy Muse, who's going to be doing No More White Hangers song. We've got Alexis Michelle doing the Don't Fuck Me Fellas from Mummy Dearest. That's, it's a the, country the famous. But yeah, well, the, the quote from that is, this ain't my first time at the rodeo. Okay. So, so they, seem, they seem to be turning it into a country-influenced song because of the rodeo reference. Jimbo's um, playing Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, which I think is great because that is a very well-known um, Joan Crawford. Definitely. And it's right up Jimbo's alley. I would say maybe a bit too much of an obvious choice for Jimbo. Okay. You know? Because yeah. Jimbo went for... Um, in the musical in West End Wendy's in UK versus the world, Jimbo goes for the weird Dustin inverted commas role, and she went for Toto, didn't she? Yes, she was the dog, and it's a bit like, hmm, is that the right choice for you again, Jimbo? Should you maybe try? Did she go for Toto, or was she given Toto? I remember she was happy with Toto because it was the weirdest possible role. Okay, because she was a dog. All right. And th- it's the same in this case. She'll do it well. She'll give it loads of character. But I'm just saying, is it a bit of an obvious choice for Jimbo? Hell, because whatever happens to Baby Jane, she's quite very submissive and the victim in but, that role. So I thought that would be very macabre and very soft. I don't know how she'll play that role. I think we'll have to see. What, what We don't know more about it than just it's something to do with whatever happens to Baby Jane. Jessica Wilde's got the bring me the axe. Yes, number. She competed with Candy for and um, lost. Yes, she did. But well, no more. We I know hangs. that Jessica has um, a rock voice, though. Yeah. Um, so I'm hopeful that that will translate to this. Kahana Montrese has MGM Queen. We got James Mansfield, mm-hmm. who's also doing Mummy Dearest. She seems to have gone for the one that gives her camp and room for characterization, which is smart for James. And Lala Ree's got the. They said a Vogue influenced one, one, which will be really interesting. 
I'm I'm excited for that. I'm excited it sounds for like that they're, they're playing with different musical styles in here, but yeah, I can see Lala slaying a a, a Vogue influence track. We got a bit of time. Let's just quickly run through the rehearsals, mm-hmm. okay? The rehearsals for me looked great. James Mansfield looks great vocally. We'll talk about the vocals first. Vocally, James Mansfield's great. Full She's of going character. for a character type voice. It's a voice that I've heard her do uh, over and over. So I think she'll be confident in that style. We've got Kahana Montrese. Okay, she is bending the notes. <laughs> Kahana Montrese. Girl. She's bending she's, them notes. She is bending, she's the bending notes. them notes. Do you know what I love? Do you know what I love? And I, I think that everyone needs to do this because if you're not a singer, you're not going to be a singer overnight, okay? And so she, she is still giving it such love and going, committing to the sound. God, you know, she's a hard not worker. She, she is, tries she, her best at everything. She is committing to the sound. It ain't the best sound. I'll mm-hmm. tell you that. It's not a good sound. I hope that they do a bit of, uh, some editing on on the notes that she is bending and Unlike crucifying. the girl group challenge at the beginning of the season when they gave them nothing. Yeah. Well, I hope that they... they throw they a bit get... of echo on there, please. So, yeah. And a bit of auto-tune. Mm. Jessica Wilde is giving me dom-top aggressive on, on <laughs> grinder. <laughs> Bring me the, bring me the ass. <laughs> bring me. I'm like, girl, she, I'm like, oh God, that is, that is such dom top passion. Yeah. I mean, I she, almost. She loves that ass. I, I think. Oh, me, she loves that she, ass. Me and you started scooting over towards the screen, didn't we? Like, well, here you go. Take, t- take it. Take it if you must. If you're going to ask so aggressively, how can we say no? Um, no, yes, but you know what wild. I love about Jessica Wilde? Jessica Wilde is just that rocker chick. She does, she exactly as you said, she brings it out in this recording session. I don't know why she was going for no more hangers when the way that she was singing this and the way that she was making me feel is that the song's going to be very, very rocker. In and so I feel that this is absolutely Jimbo is giving me some kind of satanic um <laughs> you know position <laughs> and what happened to baby jane and the way that she's singing this is a choice it really really is i there wasn't you know leland didn't stare her uh, any other direction i didn't see so he's obviously happy with this take the mm-hmm. only thing that i do want to say is that when it is a specific character musical, for mm. example, this is Joan Crawford, the musical. It's not just a a musical where you're giving a character and you get to give that character character. Yeah, this you- is a character that exists, and so you need to bring her to life. Mm-hmm. So that would be my fear that Jimbo is taking it. In a different a way when the character away. already exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's not what ever happened to Baby Jane at all. That no. is the complete opposite. Like you say, the, the the Blanche character was sweet and submissive, but I guess, I, d- I don't know. I'm not 100% sure what Jim... It might make more sense when we see her performing. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they've changed it. So, mm. But that's just what we saw in rehearsals. Because it's something about a Hollywood hag, isn't it? Uh, we've got Alexis Michelle, who is just killing it. She, she really is, is. She's hitting the pitta pitta, pita pick the pickle pepper. Peanut butter. She, peanut butter, peanut butter, peanut butter. Yes. Um, she is hitting it all. She, I mean, she's fine. 
Yeah, I, I predict there's just further evidence that Alexis is going to do well today, I think. Candy Muse is just... Do you know what? Candy Muse is doing good for Candy. She is yeah. committing mm-hmm. to the song choice. Um, and she is... is I think she is struggling a little bit and I hope that she doesn't because obviously she does have that PTSD. Um, She's really traumatized by that. Yeah. From her own season and going home. She did seem to struggle, but I think there were, there were moments in the rehearsals where I did, hear sounds she took a bit of time. and good sounds <laughs> pleasant sounds pleasant sounds good for her um and lala seems to be doing well leland seems to appreciate she's got this good rhythm hasn't she yes yeah lala lala's good because i, th- I saw a combination of like you know da, 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 like more speaky talky kind of um rhythms and and singing and then there are moments where she's belting and hitting notes i'm like oh okay Mm. i was like go go off sis go on good on you impressive impressive now they also had a choreography rehearsal yep and again i want to say that james mansfield is just not a dancer from what I could see in the rehearsals. Yeah. And I'm yeah. just hoping that she really, really, you know, runs and drills in the choreography. Mm-hmm. Lala Reed was fine. Kind of Montrese. We kind of got a little, um, you know, I'm not a technical dancer. I am a performer. I'm a freestyler. Yeah, she feels it. And she was, I'm a bit surprised because the way that she dances, I would have thought she has a background in dancing. I'm, mm. I'm very surprised that she is not a, not not just technical, but that she's not a a, a mover. It can be at all that she's a freestyler. Yeah. That that really does shock me because seeing her move, she she knows her body. Mm. She really does know Beautiful her body. Mover. Jessica Wilde is slaying. Jimbo is struggling as we oh, as no. we would anticipate. Alexis is killing it. She seems to get it, doesn't she? Yeah. This is just right up her alley. And Candy again is struggling, and I'm a bit worried about Candy. Mm. Um, see how the finished product looks. Yeah. Um, was there much from? There wasn't a lot going on in the workroom. Um, I know that. I mean, there's just like Alexis has got positive vibes. Jimbo seems a little bit worried. Um, and that's kind of it, really. I liked hearing Lala Ree, though, talk about what Grace Jones means to her as an icon and that she loved seeing a dark-skinned black person uh, being so successful and that was really inspirational to her and that she modelled a lot of her early drag in particular on Grace. So she seemed really, really excited about this runway. I mean, Beyonce loves her. I mean, she is her... What's her song that she has on the Renaissance album, the Vogue I know which one you mean. I don't know the the name of it, but there's the Um, the one where she collabs with Beyonce. There's also the Queen's remix of um, Break My Soul where she's name-checked. That's the one where Grace Jones is is name-checked twice. Twice, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Michelle... You know her, for, you know her Destiny's Child uh, <laughs> member and sister. I bet you she, she, she wasn't even mentioned in it. Kelly gets a shout Kelly out. Kelly gets a shout out, but she doesn't mention Latoya, Latavia, or Farrah either. But so. Michelle was part of you know the successful and the ongoing Destiny's Child. I was. I thought, can you imagine being Michelle and just sitting there going, "Okay, wait, Grace Jones gets two name checks, and you." <laughs> 
it's not like Beyonce could be like, oh, you know what? I had no, I had no space for you. It's like you said, Grace Jones twice, girl. It's just another poor Michelle moment. It really it? is. It really mm. is. All right, let's talk about Joan Crawford, the Ruse Queen. Yeah. And we're going to start with the first queen, Kahana Montree. She's the one that opens up the number, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let me go first. I want to say this. She is an amazing dancer. Yes. And yes. performer. Mm-hmm. She's giving lines, sharpness. Her pictures are just perfect. Mm. Her poses are perfect. Like she melts into her movements. Mm. She like she hits a beat and then she simmers it. And it's just very it's, it's beautifully feminine in the way that she does it. Yeah. But at the same time, she is hitting all of her beats confidently. She's hitting it sharply. It's just the textures of her movement. Mm. And not just that, her face is just on. Yeah. Her yeah. face is just on and it just complements the shapes. It complements the pictures and it complements the movement. Yeah. If this was any other rusical in the sense where they have to lip sync to another vocal Mm -hmm. you know if she was lip syncing to like uh, any other vocalist yeah yeah, yeah. i can confidently say she was when she's won the rusical i don't have to see anyone else this was professional performance this was a performance that is worth the money worth the tips it is it is a gig that i would pay to watch now let's well the, you know she's a vegas queen people have been paying to watch her for ages yes yeah. exactly mm. now the downside to her performance is the fact that she had to sing her um her singing was not up there with her performance and anyway yeah. she wasn't terribly bad i think they did help her out in some ways with and also the she, took a, production and she took a few takes you know she put in the work to do something listenable didn't she yeah and do you know what she's not the worst thing i've ever heard by any stretch of the imagination no but compared to her dancing, I mm. think what, what what would hold her back from a win would be the singing. The singing was just a bit, um, it was just a bit meh. It wasn't great, but it wasn't yeah. terrible. And the way that she was so confident in a the rehearsals, she didn't like let it defeat her. She was so confident going into hitting the notes, even yeah. she could hit it. And then the way she performed to it, it was just phenomenal this was an amazing performance it, and it really a, was a great start to the ruser call yeah, yeah very 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 good opener mm. very good opener what did you think I, I agree with everything you said just like she's just an amazing mover with with great stage presence and sure the the vocals weren't perfect but um just the 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 portrayal of the character on the stage was great yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's more when it was when it's called the vocals. It's more just you know the the tone of of her voice. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's just it's an, the tone. It's just the 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 lack of training. It, it's yeah, just it's not it an area just, of experience for her. Is it? Na, 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 na. Like there was just certain things. Slept into kind of music. It wasn't. It just wasn't controlled. Mm. You know, and it's something that you learn as a singer how to hold the notes. Yeah. And her notes were just being dropped out of her mouth. Mm-hmm. It wasn't being controlled. It wasn't being lifted. It wasn't being carried in any way. She wasn't using her diaphragm to support the vocals. It was just her opening her mouth and sound coming out. And that's. And it's not a read. It's just. 
that's the way you sing when you don't have training. Yeah. But her performance, her dancing was just amazing. And I just have to say the face. It's the little wink she gives. It's the yeah. smile she gives. It's that cheeky little shoulder, mm. that, that little shoulder shimmy that she does. It's those things that are just so special and just make the performance so magical. So she was amazing. Very amazing. good. Very good. Now, next that we have James Mansfield, Mummy mm-hmm. Dearest. What do you think? I thought this was a really fun and camp performance. I think James chose this role really well and did a really, really f- funny, fun job. She played up this kind of like sinister, villainous aspect of essentially Joan portraying a, you know, loving maternal uh, image to the world while. While it being calculated and um, uh, insincere, yes, I think she, I think she did it really, really well. I think it, it really played to James's comedic strengths. Yeah, I think she did a good job. There was a noticeable change in, I want to say, energy mm-hmm. after Kahana, and yeah. I, I, I want to say that that's maybe down to the song. The song was just a bit more like, you know, down tempo, more like... It was like a villain's theme too. It it kind of was. Mm. It was a bit like slower and... Mm. Christina, darling, come Mm. here. Uh, But I do think that she did a great job. But there are some moments where I thought that there was nothing happening and it was in between lines and, mm. and when there was supposed to be like some kind of choreography and just something about the flow seemed at one or maybe one or two points seemed just to have stopped mm. and um, i think i know what you mean yeah yeah and i was just like what's happening but then she picked it up and she was great when she was on and performing but there was just there was a moment or two where i just felt like it had stopped or something mm. had stopped and I don't know it's because she was she just finished the line and she's waiting for the next line to happen, but mm. it should always be moving. Yep, yeah. A number should always be moving, it should always be growing. So that's just one little thing I have to say. What what did you think about her from a, a, a choreographic point of view and her interplay with the lady dancer? I thought that it was good because there wasn't much choreography mm-hmm. there. There was one moment where they were out of sync, but then I just assumed that they were doing some sort of domino. I wasn't sure about that as well. There's a bit where I thought, is this... Is, are they not in sync or is this how it's supposed to be? Yeah. yeah. And it's it, it's hard to tell when mm. it's only two people. So because of that, mistakes can be hidden. Yeah. If you don't show it on your face and none of them, she didn't show it. No, she was just committed. Maybe and, she yeah. didn't know she made a mistake. <laughs> Maybe she's <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't make a mistake. This is exactly what I should be doing. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, it was, um, no, James did a good job. Good job for James. Now we have Candy Muse, yes. who's doing the No More Wire Hangers. Mm-hmm. I just want to start by saying that there's probably so far there's a very catchy song, it's a very good little disco no number. No More Wire Hangers. <laughs> I, I loved her. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah, and I loved the falsetto as well that she was giving. It was, mm. you know, it was she was she was working overtime. This felt like a Candy good... was like, yeah, I have trauma, but I have I have overcome it was this a trauma. Good redemption, wasn't Absolutely. it? I thought she was really committed. She moved really well. She was very confident on stage. The word is commitment. She was yeah. committed to the song, committed to the music. I mean, it was that 
rehearsal that they gave us was a misdirect because was, I do yeah. feel that Candy Muse did well. The dancing so. was good. Mm-hmm. I loved the dancing. Um, I loved the character that she, you know, that she lived in, the character that she portrayed. Uh, choreography was good. Mm. You know, and this is not a, this is not a shade, but this was vocally good for Candy. And, yeah. I, and I don't know how to say that without being shady, but I for but you, for you know for what she has and what mm, we know, Candy did a good job. But she did. I I think you know what you were saying earlier about kind of how she may struggle to project. I guess that becomes a moot point when it's a pre-recorded vocal because it's going to be played at the right volume, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All she needs to do is is to lip sync appropriately. So that probably helped her out a bit. But I thought she was really fun, really energetic, and I think she did really well. I was I was entertained. I was entertained by Miss Muse. Yeah. Um. What else? No, she was. Good. I was wondering what the hell was happening with the face, and you said in that scene she's wearing a face mask. She's got a cosmetic face mask on. Right? Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's good. Mm. So yeah, good commitment to the song, to the dance, to the acting. Um. You know, her sound is her sound. Uh, yeah, and you got to love Candy for how distinctive that is. You know, nobody sounds like Candy Muse. She's just Candy. She can't help her sound, but I, I do want to say that. She sounded great for Candy. I heard a little bit of like smoothing or auto tune or something in there, but she still sounded like Candy. Yeah, if that makes sense. Good job, good mm. job. I, I liked it. Now Jessica Wild is a rock star. She's a rock chick, isn't she? This is so good. I really enjoyed Jessica. Not just a rock chick. She is a rock star. She's fantastic. She ate this performance up. I loved, I loved her vocals. Her vocals were bloody good. Really, really good. Yeah, yeah. I loved the rock delivery, but actually, you know, her the actual sound of her voice and the vibrato and stuff was yes. just really, really good. The sound, first of all, the sound was great. The movement was great. Mm. The attitude was the greatest. Yeah. And that all just all married together into this amazing winning performance. This is very, very good. The hair whips, the the kicks. Um she's got stage presence. Yeah, the way she was wielding that axe. That this you can you can tell that you know Jessica has years of experience performing in this way. She is such a a natural. Such an actress through music. Mm. She's an actress through the music. Like I was very happily um, blown away by this performance. This is great. Probably my favorite so far in terms of full package performance. Absolutely. Jessica Wild was thoroughly. Why was she fighting for Candy Muse's song? Exactly. I mean. Well, she does love disco. We know she loves disco as well, but Jessica, I, just like you killed this. Just this is a winning performance. This is this very, is very she good. could win this week. Yeah, I mean they're really making us work it this week because Lala Ree as well for me also gave a winning performance. She's really, really fab, wasn't she? Like again, like th- this was the perfect role for Lala this yes. episode. Oh, yes, absolutely but was. She really, really served. She took full, full advantage of, of the role that was given to her. It's very that vogue Almost mean, like a bitch tracky kind of delivery. She's like, you want lines? Bam, bam, done. Mm. You want sharp? Bam, bam, hit. She gave us really good dancing. Mm-hmm. She gave us that, that 
you know what? There's certain ways that you you move where you can just relax into a pose mm-hmm. that is the right picture without it being forced. Mm-hmm. And I think she really has that. The way that she'll just like lean into her hip with her leg and her knee in and yeah. still holding that shape with the whole like kind of couture on your hips. And just just things like that that just shows that she knows her body, she knows her placements, Fantastic. and she knows the picture that she's creating. You were really like cracking she, up at the slapping bit as well. Oh, I loved yeah. the slapping, and it was just all it was a slapping ta 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 with the whole face just being like really blank, yeah, like you know, like like I'm serving. Yeah, Lala was great. Whole body moved. She danced head to shoulders to toes to 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 knee. She was just great. So really, I, really enjoyable. It was so nice to see Lala have an opportunity to do this. Um, and she really, really shone. Loved her. She killed it. She mm. absolutely killed it. And I don't know why she was belting those notes in rehearsals. There was no high notes. It was just like, you know, it was very like Vogue. Like, they might have a closing go, bit. In Madonna the Rusical, they had a closing bit where they all lined up. Okay. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Well, I want to say Lalari was amazing. She kept up. This is how you know. She kept up with her dancers. Yeah, she was phenomenal. She yeah. was really great. Great dancer. Great, great role. She per- she picked the perfect role for her. Yeah. And I loved it. Now, we all know this is an Alexis Michelle Stan podcast. Uh, forever and always. And there is no bias when we say that her portrayal of Joan Crawford and her verse was mm-hmm. very true it was I, very real i think she's the queen has given the best characterization so far and that's that's what alexis is about she's a musical theater queen she's an actress um i think she's the one who embodied um fate in a way as joan crawford the best so far um and that that's what i really loved about this performance i think a lot of the times when i'm talking about the other queens i keep saying that they're doing a good job Mm -hmm. for them Mm -hmm. you know candy was good for candy um in playing this role Mm. but alexis michelle has for me been the first queen to have actually really you know, taking inspiration yeah. from Joan Crawford and tried to honor Joan Crawford as the musical icon that the mm. show's based around. Yeah. And she has played that role. So everyone else has been good for them, but I think she really went in and did Joan Crawford. Yeah. And I think that she needs to give props for her. She had the look down. She had the voice down. The she expressions. Also, the expressions. The physicality. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Everything was good. All round excellence. The voice was good. Yeah. You know, the the pedal was good. And there are also moments where she you could hear her vocal um, excellence in, in there. I mean, when, when she walked out and started performing, I was like, okay, this is the first time I'm thinking we're watching the Joan Crawford for the musical. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. In the sense that she was portraying the character, I didn't necessarily see the Queen's persona. Yeah. It yeah. was more like, it oh, was like, this oh, is Joan. Oh, like, yeah, oh yeah, Joan's yeah. arrived. Yeah. Finally, after the, what's, fifth, sixth song, yeah. we finally get Joan, the Rusical. Um, the only thing that I wish is there's a line where it's like, don't fuck with me, that let say my friends, Rory, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wish that in one time of the song, she did the, don't fuck with me, fellas. And Don't then she kind fuck of fuck with me, fellas. Yeah, and then she kind of turned it into the song. Don't fuck with me, fellas. This is my da na na na. Yeah, and she does do it at the end. Don't fuck with me, fellas. But I wish that she put it into 
the music. I felt like Alexis did everything that she could within the constraints of what the role and her direction allowed. Yeah. Um, I do. I almost wish that I got to see. <clears throat> so I do feel a little bit like almost this role constrained her a little bit because she was forced into this kind of like hoed down pattery kind of thing. And I just want to see Alexis Michelle stand there and belt and just embody somebody i know what you mean having said that she was wonderful love this yeah i know what you mean but she did a great job oh she's fantastic be real. she did a really good job yeah yeah yeah. now closing up was jumbo as uh baby well, jane the sort of latter day joan they use this term hollywood hack which isn't very flattering um well, i think you know the stuff that we saw in rehearsals kind of like made a little bit more sense in terms of um her delivery, this kind of like almost metal delivery that she was doing, um, because I think it wasn't just about what happened to Baby Jane. It was about the other movies that Joan was doing at that time. A- apparently, I'm no expert, but apparently um, what happened to Baby Jane kind of like spawned this subgenre of um, films where there were kind of like older women involved in kind of murder plots, sinister things, that kind of thing. I seem to recall, and this is an awful term, psychobiddy. Um, was a term that was used to describe that subgenre. Really horrible, offensive term. Don't like that at all. Um, but um, yeah, so I think she was going for that because she mentioned Straight Jacket, which was another movie that she did. And I guess it, it, you know, it evokes this kind of idea at the time that people were very interested in themes around mental illness and kind of like associating that with kind of like more sinister things, which is obviously you know, a very outdated and offensive view, but that's what that's what drew people into cinemas at the time. Yeah. Mm. So it, it made sense now from rehearsals, yeah. the way that she was performing the number. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do want to say that there's one thing that you can always rely on with Jimbo, it's commitment to um, a yeah. character. Yeah. And her commitment to the character and the voice was just, for me, perfection. She was really good in terms of stage presence. She yeah. she she comes in on the wheelchair, her legs in the air, she's dancing, she's dancing with a bee, she's walking along, she is with baby Jane. I think that she had for someone who was in a dancer, it's easy for her to have got overwhelmed with everything that she had to do. And yeah. I think that she did it so well. I think you I didn't see her fret for one second. She definitely rehearsed it over and over. She's a professional. Yep. I see great improvement from yes. um UK versus the world. Yeah. I thought this is transformative actually. I thought she was really, really good and really impressive. I, I just I see the perfectionist in Jimbo having pushed her and I think her touring experience over the past few years as well. Definitely. I think she's she's pushed herself in terms of her ability to do these choreographed numbers and uh, I think she should be really proud of herself. She should be Jimbo, mm. well done. Now I'm gonna give you my favourites. Now it's really hard because in my opinion they did they all did a good job they i think this is a, a really good, good musical, good musical. Yes. definitely i do want to say that for me it's easy to pick the tops and i'm going to say who my favorites were i've got a clear three i'd cool. like to you, you my to go first, first one is because of her true portrayal of joan crawford and the musical you you have to put alexis michelle up there Agreed. she was the only one for me who brought me joan so we're, we're overlapping so far great yeah that's good joan, to hear yeah 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 i would say i also definitely am putting up 
Jessica Wilde. I am she too. was bloody good. I think we said it at the time, potentially winning performance. Yeah. Jessica was fantastic. I need to give Lala her props. I think she's my other in the top three as well. I have yeah. to give Lala her props. The dancing, the face, the... It's just, let's go, John. I just enjoyed her very, very much. No, I really am struggling to think of bottoms, to be honest, because I think everybody in their own way did a good job. Yeah, it's really hard because part of me is saying Kahana, but then I'm like, well, no, because her stage presence performance was just phenomenal. You can't say that there is a bottom placement. Yeah, her voice wasn't the best, but her performance and dancing was so good, so it's hard. Yeah. I could put uh, James Mansfield down there. It's not yeah. not that she was bad. It's just that everyone else for me shone so much more. It, it's a matter of degrees of how brightly people shone exactly, today. It exactly. really is. And maybe James just didn't shine quite as bright. Yeah. That that would be my assessment. Too. Yes, she wasn't bad. But when you're looking at comparing it to the other girls, she just maybe didn't give as much. I think Candy was really solid. Do I think Candy was Jimbo? I just really liked what Jimbo did. Could she maybe have shone just a little less bright than some of the others? It's it's quite difficult. I just wish to compliment her improvement, really. Yeah. Similar to Candy. I don't know about Jimbo. Jimbo, if, if, I didn't understand the voice until you explained it right now on the mics. Mm, I was That's like, my interpretation. Yeah, though. I was like, why is she doing that voice? And then when you explained it, okay, then I understood it. So then... Her performance for me wasn't, you know, as bad as I was originally going to say. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. All I can say is that um, Jessica Wilde, Lala, and Alexis. Alexis are up there for me. It feels like that's what we're saying. We're saying we've got a top three this week. Anybody else could be by default in the bottom. Category for the runway is Night of a Thousand Grace Jones. We started with Kahana. This is a gratifying runway. I love it. Lovely tribute to Grace. So um, the first look that Kahana does is a tribute to Grace's look at the Queen's Diamond Jubilee concert, where she did her iconic hula hooping, which we've had the pleasure of seeing in person. Um, Kahana's taken some liberties artistically with her interpretation of the look. Um, Grace wore quite a hard, um, almost like PVC or leathery um, corset, and she'd gone for like a glittery Vegas twist with like a rose petal motif in the headdress and the overskirt. Really, really pretty, more of an interpretation than a recreation, but there are no rules about these kind of runways, I would say. She looks gorgeous. It's like she's given it a Kahana twist. Yeah, a Kahana yeah. Vegas twist. I would have loved it if she'd incorporated a hula hoop somehow. That would have been amazing. And yeah. if there's someone who I would have banged that could hula hoop in this cast, and be yeah. Kahana. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it? Yeah. I love it. James Mansfield? So James is wearing this um, hooded um, foxtail ensemble, which is a Grace Jones, Jones look. I just, I can't tell you the designer or the performance. Um, in terms of her take on it, it's great. It's great. It's camp. It's, it's hard to recreate something that, the, the original is so expensive looking that it, it's hard to, give it full justice if you ask me however i love the grace jones makeup that she's done really different makeup look for james um and this is fab and very camp and very in keeping with with james's um uh style it's giving me twitter icon you know cheap cheap um <laughs> it just looks cheap i'll be it's, honest it's, it, it's, it just looks craft 
D. It's hard to recreate something like that. Um, and of all budget. the looks of Grace Jones to try and do, I just think that recreating that one, you know, and not doing so as successfully, maybe not the best. James looks beautiful, I but do I just don't like the outfit. It could have been a really early Aliyah look just with the hooded element. I don't know. I don't know. Candy Muth. This is cool. I like what Candy's done here. Now, the original um, is actually um, Grace Jones's baby shower. She was pregnant, um, and this was a maternity dress. Shut up. Yeah, designed by her partner, uh, Jean-Paul Goud, um, and also um, Antonio Lopez. So that, that picture there is taken from her baby shower that was hosted by none other than Debbie Harry, and she was pregnant with her son, Paolo. Yeah, me, Paolo, and yes. he is flourishing as a podcast host today. <laughs> what I love about this look is she took the exclamation point and yeah. made it a K. K. Yeah, I think this is good. I think all these vinyl panels and stuff, it's all working. It yeah. looks close to the original. Obviously, it's not floor length like the original. Candy loves to get her legs out. But overall, this is really successful. I like. I love how Candy looks. It's a good look. Yeah, it's a major two, two, two. It is. Next up, we've got Jessica. This Wild. is fab. So this to me is like iconic, classic Grace Jones because she was amused to Azadine Alaya. Um, this um, look is from um, Spring Summer '86. Um, she modelled it on the runway. There are some beautiful pictures of her in the atelier being fitted for this. Um, Jessica has also taken a little bit of license with this, with, especially with the kind of tool bit at the bottom. The shoulder pads weren't part of the original. Um, but having said that, it's it's, it's a nice twist. She's Jessica-fied it. Um, gorgeous. I love it. I love it as well. Lala Ree's look, I just, I think it's gorgeous. Really great. Really kind of um, just gives grace. You know, you could just see this look and you just think this is Grace Jones. Again, I can't tell you the event or the designer, but um, Lala was so excited for this runway and she, look, she looks fab. You know, hard, vinyl, um, avant-garde it just gives grace jones that mask is so strange and artistic as well i mean it's i just love it i think lala feels so powerful yes walking in this as well there's something something strong she's giving a powerful black woman isn't yes. she yeah Alexis Michelle. I love this look. So um, she's giving me Raiden. Yes. Well, it's funny you should say like the kind of like Eastern kind of influence because this is an Isimiyaki look um, that Grace wore to the 1983 Grammys. Um, just the hat and the kind of kimono and the unusual textures. It's just so, so good. And Alexis has recreated it beautifully. I actually feel like this is almost like a redemption of Alexis's club kid look because she's showing kind of like not wearing hair. And it's, it reminds me of the club kid look because she didn't wear hair there. Did she shave her head for this? Or Alexis that... has a, She may have cut it shorter, but Alexis only has hair on the top in, you know, out of drag. Alexis, you can afford to shave your head. Your face is stunning. Oh, really beautiful. Your her, face can handle no her hair. Her mug is so, so pretty. Um, and I, this is fantastic. She looks like a million dollars. Absolutely. And Jimbo. So Jimbo is giving us a Jean-Paul Gaultier look um, that Grace wore to the 1989 International Rock Awards. So it's, you know, we, we see all those Gaultier elements with the kind of cage and the crinoline and that kind of thing. And also showing body and the corset tree. Um, just really, really beautiful. And I think we actually saw um, Baby on um, UK season four, do a tribute to the same look oh yes yeah. i like that she turned the hat 
for me into a wig. It's yeah, it's a is hair it, hat. The original hair wasn't hair. a hair hat, I don't think. It wasn't, no. So I'm loving that she's done that. I do love the fit. I do love everything. I'm loving the girls all having a go at like some severe Grace Jones makeup as well. And Jimbo looks great with this harsh um contour and blusher. So um I, I had a lot of fun with this runway. I think I think the girls did fantastically. Who was your favourite look? Alexis, hands down. Alexis. Hands down. Having said that, Jessica and Candy, I'm really, really enjoying as well. Yeah. yeah. I also like Kahana's. Kahana's just looks fabulous, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this doesn't change who we think are the tops. Now let's see who they've decided to give the bottoms and the winning to. Let's give it up first of all for Candy Muse, who has Congratulations. Won- Miss Condi Muse. We didn't put her in our top three, but we still loved her performance. Um, very, very hard to pick winners or losers this week. Well, yeah, but the winners should have been picked, in my opinion, <laughs> from Jessica Wilde, Lalaree, and Alexis Michelle. Very surprised to see Alexis safe. Yes. But rather than uh, high. And I could see the heartbreak creep over her face then. You know, I'm really surprised. I'm really surprised that Candy won. Um, congratulations, yeah. nonetheless. She did do a good job, but in my opinion, and just in my opinion, if there was a winner that was on that stage from Lalaree, Candy, and Jessica Wilde, it I would have given it to yes, Jessica. It, yeah, I mean, I we said we felt. It. Yeah, we said we felt. I said I felt. I said I felt. Sue me, sue me. But um, yeah, I'm really surprised Candy won. But I am happy. She's yeah, been she won, doing because she did do a good job, and she's been doing well in the competition. Absolutely, so a, a win feels right at some point. Um, our bottom two were James and Kahana. I don't agree with their feedback to Kahana saying that there was a disconnect between her face and her movement. Yeah, um, I agree. That with was you. that was BS. It was she was it was BS. Let's not swear now, Bolo. Yeah. Please, it was it was BS though. It was it was complete BS. Mm. Uh, she was. A phenomenal performer in every way. It was just her vocals that just aren't her strength. Yes. But I do um I do agree that the James Mansfield is in the bottom. Now, who do you think the group's gonna choose and who do you think Kennedy's gonna choose? This is really tricky. So I actually no, one aspect of it's it isn't tricky. tricky because Kahana has been in the bottom a few times now, and bless her. And I have loved seeing the comeback of Gahanna Montrese this season. I've loved getting to know her more as a person and to see this package that she brought with her. And Sierra's a fantastic entertainer. However, two things, track record and also she she kind of had a sense of acceptance. Which okay. is always it's always poison, unfortunately, in these situations. It's so easy to make this decision now because you can just go and say track record. It really is. I mean, James has been in the bottom once, but it was in a group challenge, and we actually thought she did well that week. Mm. Um, but this is Kana's second time or third time? Did third time. Argue, this is her third time. Third thing, time, second time. Third, I think. Yeah. The other thing we could argue is that actually we enjoyed Kahana's performance a lot, and but we thought if anybody's going to be in the bottom, it might have been James this week. Mm. Um, I just think it's easy if you you just stick to track record. So I would say Kahana is going home. Who had the better performance this week? Kahana. But who has the better track record? James. So there. If if Candy were to win the lip sync, she's got a friendship with Kahana and that complicates matters. Okay. But does she have an alliance? Well, she doesn't have an alliance with James. 
but mm. she has a friendship with Kahana. So let's see. So the lip sync assassin was um, Angeria Paris Van Michaels, and it was Angeria versus Candy to one of Grace Jones' songs. I'm not perfect, but I'm perfect for you. And yeah. it's like a fun, mid tempo, sexy, slinky '80s song. Candy won. She really worked it. I really enjoyed seeing Candy. Candy won. I mean, for me, it was easy. Candy mm. won. She was selling the sick. She was selling the the floor work. Um, the sensuality, the sexuality mm-hmm. of it, every it was, it was just pure beauty and sex, and it was lovely movement on stage. I love seeing her like own her power, yeah, and her sexuality in this way. It was really, really cool. It was Candy Muse is absolutely winning. Mm-hmm. So let's mm-hmm. see who she chose. Candy chose James Mansfield, and I can see the heartbreaking confusion rightfully so in james's reaction to being chosen absolutely i think it, it yeah it is it is pretty confusing to be honest but having said that this is the game candy has a right to choose whichever lipstick she sees fit these yeah. are the rules she's abiding by the rules no because i remember the rules that she said was i'm not going to choose emotion anymore i'm just going to go on track record and she's kind of now just you know what she's done she can choose whoever she wants um she's kind of put a target on her back as being a loose cannon now potentially people potentially could, people could vote her off now and say that well i don't know how you're gonna vote etc etc yeah a bit confusing so sad to see james go we adored seeing her again this season especially as an early out from season nine um can't wait to see what she does with the fame games absolutely i think she'll kill it i think she'll kill it we've got an acting challenge next week and there's a super dramatic a bit of drama which you know which we're here for so make sure you join us Mm. you know it will come out on time as it usually does no more holidays for us no more holidays no no more holidays (laughs) ever Uh, this is polo we'll see you guys next time love guys see you soon